I have always been intrigued about innovation that comes from outside of the industry in which it should be invented. Hello, my name is Anne Arrowsmith. I'm speaking to you from 137 Pillars Suites and Residences here in Bangkok, Thailand. It's an honor to be with Renee Lee Manos today, and um, I hope she does all the talking so I don't have to. <laughs> so Anne, where are we speaking to you today and what is happening there? What is the atmosphere like? I'm presently at 137 Pillars Suites and Residence in Bangkok, and um, I've been here actually since May. I, I um, go back and forth between Chiang Mai and Bangkok because we have we just have two properties, um, 137 Pillars House in Chiang Mai and Suites and Residences here in Bangkok. I have been in a corporate role since it's actually a year and a few months. I started in April last year. And tell me, what made you move from a global brand like Four Seasons to a boutique family-run hotel brand? It was actually one of the easiest decisions of my life. And I think in life, for those and probably anybody who's listening, most of them are younger than myself, everything in life is timing. I never looked for anything outside of Four Seasons, but when I was approached by 137 Pillars House, it was at that time, I'd been in Singapore for 11 years. I'd been in marketing for my career in hotels, and I tried at various times to break through into operations. And at that time, it was very much a male-dominated position to get through to a general manager position and it still is it still is globally. I, it's it still is um it's getting better but it still is and it was at that time it was very difficult to break out of your silo and out of your discipline general managers it tended to emerge from food and beverage in the main or from front office and it was very rare that it came from finance it was very rare that it came from from sales and marketing um, so that opportunity never arose in Four Seasons. I was approached about Chiang Mai. I knew the property. I'd first been introduced to it um, through lifestyle and travel magazines. And, you know, when it hit the scene, um, it, it, it just sparked my interest from, from afar. And then when I went to Chiang Mai, probably to stay at Four Seasons, I just made a point being a hotelier that I would go and have a look at it. It, it charmed me even more than, than what I saw in, in the publications. And when I went there, I, and I, when I go to hotels, I go unannounced because I want to see how I'm received, whether you know I'm just hot and sweaty because I've been hiking and I just pop in and don't look the part or I'm, you know, I'm ready for, for afternoon tea. I, I call in, I will always ask the front desk and I've had some fabulous site inspections by people at the front desk. I've had some awful ones from sales and I've had fabulous ones from people who, you know, really it's, it's, it's not necessarily their forte. So I called into 137 Pillars at, at Chiang Mai. I was graciously welcomed. I was told the history of the house I asked a little bit about the ownership. It's owned by a Thai family. Their core business is outside of hospitality. And I have always been intrigued about innovation that comes from outside of the industry 
in which it should be invented. You know, small examples. The banks didn't think of credit cards. Hotels did not come up with Airbnb. Correct. London London cabs did not come up with Uber. Great examples. They've always come from outside the industry and they've always done better. The computer wasn't invented by the typewriter people. And here we had a hotel that was given life and 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 given birth that was by non-hospitality people. And as I say, um, the place charms you. It's got an elegance without any arrogance. And, you know, I worked in hotels for a lifetime and they can be intimidating. You know, some, some hotels can be particularly snobby and uninviting. That's right. And, and it's the antithesis of what hospitality should be. You know, there's, there can be this this reverse judgment by the staff on who the guests are, and they don't know the guest. <laughs> you know, and, and here we have a hotel, as I say, it, it's elegant, but it's relaxed. And tell me, when you, um, you know, got that position, what reaction did you face from a very male-dominated industry, particularly at Four Seasons? Did people react? And, and, and how did they react? Actually, if we look at the operation side, it's very male-dominated in Four Seasons. But I was very fortunate because the person to whom I reported in, in regional office, uh, Susan Devins, and I'd worked with her for many years, so she was head of marketing. And then within our corporate, within the corporate office in, in Toronto, there were many females. I went over to see Susan and I just said, can I have a word with you? And she said, don't, don't tell me she, she knew. And I said, well, yes, I think so. I said, I don't think I know I've had an offer. And she knew the property and she said, it's fabulous. Wow. Fabulous. So I got a lot of support. One yes. of the guys said to me, Jonathan Sitcroft, who actually I worked with again in the marketing, capacity you know he said and you joined with dignity and we're going to make you leave with dignity <laughs> which which was lovely I was very much supported maybe they were just relieved to get rid of me I'm so old maybe <laughs> maybe it was just oh thank god she's leaving the building no but what about throughout your career I mean you know, you've said you've had you know decades in the hotel industry you know and and you've had enormous success you know, have you faced a lot of, you know, sexism because you're a woman? Look, I think I grew up in a time whereby, of course you did, but it, it, it was somewhat banter and you could, you could banter back. I mean, if you just had a little bit of confidence, it can be quite glib in the UK. But I, you know, I, I had some good influences in my life and my my grandfather would would say to to his grandchildren always consider yourself as good as somebody else but never better what would your advice be to young women listening to you who want to break into the global i mean the, the hotel industry is global what would you say to them i would say have confidence in yourself i would say have commitment be a little bit humble, you know, just prove yourself because it's very hard to refute talent and timing is always a sort of an ingredient, but, but cream rises to the top. So, you know, get over yourself. I, I, I don't care, you know, what age you are. It, it doesn't matter to me that you say you've got 10 years experience. 
You may have one year repeated 10 times. Do that little bit extra. You know, that's a very four seasons thing. Always be inquisitive and don't be shy about saying, I think I understand what you said, but can I repeat it? And don't be shy about saying, I really don't understand. So I can relate to that. I can totally relate to that. So important. (laughs) So yes, believe in yourself. Don't take yourself too seriously, but take the job seriously and respect and, and respect people. You know, if you don't respect the person, respect the position because you're going to meet some idiots. <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> We've all worked with them and you're going to meet them and you're just going to wonder how on earth. Yes, I can also relate to that. <laughs> Do you think the pandemic will bring the different Asian countries closer or the opposite? Look, I would like to believe that we have learned a lot in the last 20 months, 24 months. Regretfully, I think that we are somewhat hardwired and just in many ways, and I'm fortunate I don't work for this sort of organization, companies are run by accountants. They're run by the stock market. There is an interest in sustainability. There's an interest in collaboration. There's an interest in perhaps a unification. But there's more of an economic sustainability that outweighs the, you know, the greater good. You know, we have, there have been some great things. There's been a pause in, in, in so many areas. And, and, and Thailand did this before the, the, the pandemic. You know, you've got in in Phuket, you've got areas that were closed off um, so that the ecology could recover. And, and nature has shown that it can recover. If we just had politicians out of the way, then we might be able to do it a lot faster. Some people will get it, and I think there'll be a, a, a um, more of a magnified effort in terms of um, ecology and, and nature in some areas but I don't think we've seen an end to corporate greed just yet. What do you think it will take to see an end to that? That's a very good question, and I'm not certain that I have an optimistic answer. And and so so let's talk about travel. I mean, given what you've said, how do you think this pandemic is going to change the way that people travel, or do you think it is? Oh, I think as soon as those gates open, we'll be rushing back. As, as we were before. I, I really think that, that the lessons will be short-lived. I mean, you just look at the places that have opened up. I mean, because half the world think that it shouldn't have been shut down. So we've got already 50% who think that, you know, it's some um, conspiracy theory. And then the other half just want to go out and have their hair cut. <laughs> and their nails done. And their nails done. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's a lot of press about, you know, this is the end of business travel because of the technology, because we're able to speak to each other like you and I are now across the world and with no flights and no no uh, hotel accommodation. <laughs> What's your reaction to that? I do think that, that meetings will be the laggard. I think that will take some time to get back. But I think that when it comes to um, escaping and personal vacation and getting out and resuming yes we will i mean you look at las vegas it's dependent on that it's dependent on this it can't reinvent itself that much um, well, look at venice venice is overrun already 
that one does seem to be changing, which is what it needs to, you know, and, and, you know, if we could just, if we could just tackle water and plastic and pollution in those areas and just use the smarts and use, believe the scientists, spend money in technology and, and, and somewhat reset our values because our values have got to be in sync with, with everything else because if we're as disunited as we are, it doesn't matter what, what the minority will do. It's what the majority do. That's right. And just getting back to you were saying, talking about family travel, who do you think will be making the decisions within the family units now re-travel? Because traditionally the, the numbers show, um, at least out of Australia, that a lot of it's male-dominated. Oh, really? Because mm. in my view, it's female-dominated. I think we might see more multi-generational travel, which I just love. I mean, I love the mindset of Latin Americans and, you know, the Spanish, and they enjoy being together as a family. And do you think those family units will gravitate to, to more boutique luxury hotels? I do think there's a place there mm. because, number one, the experience is so much more personal than you get you, you you can't be identified as well if you're in a 600 room hotel as if you're with us in Chiang Mai and we've got 30 suites well people you know, people are looking for intimacy and they are looking for familiarity that's what I'm sort of seeing and when you're in Singapore did you um because you worked at the Regent right the Manhattan Bar? I did is that the one yes. that's won so many yes. awards it's fabulous, yeah, oh. and um, much, much credit needs to go to a, a, a very talented person called Martin Dell. He was director of food and beverage. He came up with one concept that we presented. So it was a collaboration between, between Martin. Um, I was in the marketing side. Um, very, Martin, uh, Martin Sinclair was the GM, so he was driving it. And then we had our, uh, the ownership of the hotel, the Cree family. And what are we now? We're six years later. It it has legs, oh, and yes. and everybody and everybody said it wouldn't work because it's on the it was on. You had to go into the hotel. Yes, you know, first it's not or like, second level. Yeah, yeah, second level in the hotel, depending if you ground and second. So you had to go into the hotel to get to the bar, and you know it defied everything because people said, "Oh, that people are not going to if you can't come in off the street." They're not going to come in. And guess what? We built it and they came and they still come. And it won the inaugural Art of Hospitality Award, amongst other I things. Did, I, I didn't know that, but it, it's well-deserved because, you know, it's like a fine wine. It gets better with age. Yeah. And tell <laughs> us about the new property in Phuket that's coming. Ah, well, I wish that I could because it's okay. still coming. Yeah. Um, look, we... we we're a small company. I mean, it's the, the two hotels that we have are owned and operated by the family. Um, we're looking to expand, but we're looking for something that has a similar DNA. We've had some misstarts. Um, the family do own a beautiful piece of property. Well, they own two pieces of property there, but it was determined that it, it wasn't it wasn't economically viable. So we, we have somewhat 
Renee, changed our direction. I mean, we would very much like to do what most hotel companies do and become the managers of other people's assets. I wanted to congratulate you because I believe the Chiang Mai property was number one in travel and leisure USA for hotels. And there aren't many Thai brands who've ever won that award. So congratulations. We won it, we won it twice. We won it wow. in 2016 and the next year in 2017. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and before we go, where to from here? You can tell us where you're going for lunch. You can tell us where, where your next trip is, but where to from here for you? I would like to get back to the UK and have a belated 100th birthday party in person with my father and the family. And when it comes to vacation, Italy always is nice. And just before you go, which is your favourite Four Seasons? Oh, without doubt, it is Gresham Palace in Budapest. I've been. How good is it? I love that property. Yeah. What do you love so about it? The architecture, the location, it was beautifully restored. And I think Budapest is a fabulous city. I, I mean, agree with you. You couldn't, you couldn't be in a better, a hotel couldn't be in a better location. You've got the parliament, you've got the bridge, you've got, you've got the everything. How the good are the restaurants? Around the, corner. the restaurants in Budapest are unbelievable. Unbe- it's so cheap. I, I had the best pizza in my life in mm-hmm. Budapest. It was blue cheese and pear, and it was just memorable. Beautiful. On that note, yeah. I feel like some pizza. It's so lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> well, I hope it's okay. I hate these things. I want you to know. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for doing You know what? We want more women doing them. And we want more women to get the message out there that women can do this. Women can take on the world and, and work in male-dominated industries and, um, and you're, you know, a role model for, for young women. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks for inviting me. Thank and you. And I hope see to you. see you. I'd love yeah, to come and see in, the properties. So I'll look you please, up. Please, any, any time. Thank you so come much. Along. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe here and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for regular travel updates. You can also hear our episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.